You're on the dock with Pastor Troy here. We're back in the studio. We've got our first guest show going on right now. We're in part two of that. We're so glad to have you. And on the dock is all about having conversations to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. That's what we're about here. We've got some good friends around the table, and we're going to do that today. We're going to give you some coaching, some encouraging, some things to support you. And let's just have a good time today and then get out there and explode on the things of God. Let me just tell you how to find us always. You can find us at YouTube. That's our main platform. You can find us at On the Dock with Pastor Troy. We're also available through iTunes and Spotify. You can also find us at other persons called like Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku. We're on a Roku. We've got our own channel there. Just look up SermonNet and download On the Dock with Pastor Troy and Rumble, the new partner out there, Rumble and SermonNet. SermonNet. You can find us archived on both SermonNet and YouTube, and you find our releases coming out on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting August the 3rd and going on. And you can chat with us on our different social media sites there, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. Reach out to us. Our people online, Donna Kroniski, our executive producer, she'll be glad to chat with you and talk to you. Remember, we just do friendly stuff here. We're all about propelling people, not damaging people. So say kind things, ask things, and we'll get good responses back to you. And then when you get to those sites, those platforms, hit subscribe, like, share, comment, notification. Help us get the word out there, and you can do that by using those different features on the various platforms. Finally, my Patreon. We're a Patreon product, and you can become a partner of On The Dock. You can become a partner and supporter or become a sponsor, check that out at Patreon. Become an On The Dock partner today. And you can go to Patreon and check that out and look us up On The Dock with Pastor Troy. Or you can go to onthedock.org and find all this stuff. You can find the links to our Patreon site. You can find the links to all our podcasting sites. Everything's at onthedock.org. And you, if you have any problems or you got any concerns, just email us at info at onthedock.org. Uh, we're going to have this great show today. This show is our first in a series of guest shows. And we're talking about Pastor Troy. Mentor series. The Lord put on my heart, guys, when I did this. Uh, we, we did five episodes with our On the Dock team with Beth as, as my co anchor, Mother Beth, and we got uh, Ben Adelini. He's our worship pastor. He's helping co host as well as Donna Kanuski, our producer. And we got our executive director over here in the studio today is Lucas Winkler. He runs everything, makes it happen. We did our first five podcasts called The Foundations of Truth, just laying out truth. And then we wanted to, I really wanted to have my first guests be the people that got me here. And around this table are, are the people that have influenced me probably more than anybody. I mean, you guys, I mean, I feel like the things I do today when I go, I go with a piece of you. You may, it may be good on your mind or bad on your mind, but there, there's honestly, man, he really messed up. That's embarrassing. But I really, when I go out, I just go out and try to honor the things that you guys have put in me. And it, to me, to launch this new ministry and try to help other people get out, I can't imagine not bringing in the people that got me at this point to help them be a part of, of that experience. Yeah. And so that's why we're here. We've already done the first show in this, and we've had Fred in here talking about those amazing things of quiet time and building that foundation of daily devotion and, and kind of what drives what drove him into putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. And so we're in the studio right now. I want to introduce our guest today. We have I got their beautiful mugs here. We got with us the Reverend Fred Bishop with No Greater Love Ministries. Uh, to his right is his son and the pastor at Christ United uh, Christ Christ Church. I almost got that wrong. Christ Church, Reverend Shane Bishop. And to my right, my my good friend and maybe my co-host this afternoon, you can be you my go. co-host, wow. is Rod. Roger Leip here with Coaches of Nations. So Roger and them will be our part of our team today, and they're going to be a big help to us here as we go. Now, I'm going to start this off, you guys. I'm going to throw a picture up here, and it's going to be a test, and I want you to make your first comments about this. And Shane, we always work right around to the left, but we're going to exclude your dad because he had comment already, so we, we, work, we work in a circle. So here's the first picture. I want your responses on these pictures right here. It's old school, vintage, no greater love photos. 
no greater love photos. Tell me what you see in those pictures, people you see. What does it say to you? I think the first thing that stands out for me is that we have the Haas Cartwright foam hats. Mm-hmm. You guys remember Bonanza, right? I mean, yeah. we got the Haas Cartwright. I mean, I'm thinking from the bill to the top might be uh, three and a half feet. So uh, that's the first thing that jumps out to me. I saw the silver jackets. Did you see the silver jackets? Oh. Kind of roller derby style jackets. Go. Do you still have your silver jacket? Not anymore. No. Not I have mine. I have in the back oh, of a closet. Man. I do have it in the back of a closet. Yeah. It, it, wow. Yeah, wow. I figure the, the thing about it was was I think SI Bowl here are, they, yeah. they, they used to have a similar jacket, so you had to be careful wearing it right yeah, here. Exactly. They think you were a bartender From here. Cuckoos, Cuckoo, cuckoos. That's right. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. What else? What, what else? What's something else you see in that picture, Roger? What else jumps out to you in that incredible vintage picture? I looked at several of those guys are gone now. Yes. It was one of the things I thought. I was like, oh man, I miss that guy. Now tell me, for there's a half face to the left. It's less than a half face. Can you identify the guy with one third face? That's Bill Finney. Bill Finney. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. Bill, Bill Finney is the man who taught me to drive a bus. No way. I have my license. He was he, good. He laid hands on me and, and got me through my first time driving the bus and was a real mentor for me. Of course, I'm kind of remembering some of those early times you drove the bus. I'm thinking it wasn't a full power exchange. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is probably oh, a very, very fair thing. To you know, the other say. thing, I'm wondering, why did I not rate a jacket? I mean, I, I don't have a jacket on. Maybe because the double pop-up collar, there you go. it, it well, somehow maybe maybe yeah. threw the mullet off. I, I don't know. I wanted you to I, explain. I don't have a jacket. I wanted you to explain the mullet. The mullet, you're sporting it then. Well, let's just be real honest. I mean, mullets are coming back. And a lot they of the are. reason why is because people have seen this picture. And they go, my <laughs> gosh, he looks great. Well, I was going to say here, they're back in. That's was, style. Was, was, this some, was this somewhere in, I know, you know, you were at, uh, Heron Church serving in those days. Was this in the time frame when you turned that into a ponytail and sold the ponytail for money to get us to one of the camps or something we were doing? I remember that. You <laughs> that, that didn't happen, I don't think. I kind of remember sure, it. Yeah. Are you sure that wasn't what happened right before you woke up? It might have been. I, I just remember. But you look good in that. I why, th- why, thank you. And I think you could do it again. It's no. coming in, party in the front, uh, business in the front, party in the back. No, I always tell people, I, I used to have hair just like Peter Frampton, and today I have hair just, just like Peter, Peter Frampton, he too is balding, <laughs> and what's not turning white is jumping ship. All right, so that's where we are, dude. Fred, you got any defense here on any any of this? No, it all it all it all rings a bell with me. <laughs> it all rings. All right, I got another photo for you, Shane. There's you and your dad. Your your, your dad. I, I, are you guys somewhere in Israel on one of the EO trips? Where, where are you at? Yeah, we're. Uh, I think we are at Megiddo. Yes, in Megiddo. Yeah, it's oh, probably that. Jezreel Valley behind us. A lot of things have happened in that valley. Yeah, no, okay, and a lot of things are gonna happen mm-hmm. in that valley. Absolutely. But I remember Dad uh, t- got a hold of me before this particular trip, and he said, "Hey, I got some great news for you." I said, "What's that?" He said, "I'm willing to go on the trip." I said, "Great." <laughs> he goes, "I just have two conditions." I said, "What is it?" He said, I- "That I room with you." And that you pay for it. And I said, I'll go one out of two. So I got my own room, but I didn't pay for his room. I wasn't going to sit there with a snore. Okay. But, uh, so okay. we're okay. Let, let me ask you a question. What caused you not to want a room in Israel with somebody that snores? Oh, because the first time I went to Israel, 
I roomed with the Reverend Troy Benetton. <laughs> this man could snore the paint off a wall. I woke up the first morning and all the paint had fallen off the wall and was on the floor. I had to call I had to call for housekeeping to vacuum the paint off because he had snored it all off. It Down was one of the drywall. It's, yeah, it's still one of the things in my life for which I currently need counseling. Well, I want you to know that I, I am seeing currently seeing a counselor for PTSD as a result of that trip. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm I'm just dead asleep. I'm exhausted, and in the middle of the night, I get hit by a pillow at a full ninety mile an hour fastball. It just boom, and you're just stunned out of your sleep. And like, are we under attack? You know what's happening? And Shane's wide awake, sitting there, and he threw the pillow. And he said, finally, he looked at me. He says, "I've decided if I can't sleep, you're not sleeping." That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You're not gonna sit there and and snore. And keep me awake while you sleep. If if one of us is up, Captain, we're You're both up. up. So after, since then, I've been under tremendous stress. I don't sleep well at night. I have sleep mm. disorders for the last 20-plus years. But. We'll, we'll call the wambulance. <laughs> and then I want to do point out that he called Beth and whined about it. Oh, I couldn't my. believe it. He's calling Beth whining she doesn't hit me it. in my sleep i oh, mean she does you just don't remember <laughs> so listen shane you, you i mean you sh this is really cool you share your dad with a lot of spiritual brothers and you have done that so gracefully your entire as long as i've known you you share your dad with so many and your dad is undoubtedly a legend to so many men i mean your dad is just uh, i mean he is i mean he's like clint eastwood and in the nation of honduras I mean, your dad is a, I mean, he's an apostle. He's an apostle yeah, to that nation. No doubt. I mean, Honduras is a Christian nation. They're not a Catholic of Latin America. All the rest are Catholic. But but in Honduras, it's Christian. And he's part of the original people that they saw coming. And he changed mm -hmm. a Latin Catholic nation to being a Christian uh, Protestant nation. Amazing. Yep. I mean, just amazing. And you share me that. And indirectly through that, I mean, indirectly, many of those, many of us have been led to Christ. We've been, we've, we've gone into training with you guys. Tell, tell us about what it's like to share your dad with so many men. Well, I think the first thing you have to be aware of is that I'm, I'm really a terrific guy. Troy. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way to kind of escape that reality. The reality is I never had any choice. Uh, you know, dad has a very specific call to men's ministry. And it, it was never something you set and think, man, I'm, I'm sharing it. It, it was something I, I grew up in. It's, it's like a, I think a fish would be the last person to tell you about water. And it was just the water that I was in. It was the air that I breathed. Dad poured into men. I was blessed to be one of those men. And the fact that I am his biological son uh, was just always uh, a bonus. But uh, never occurred to me one time that I'm somehow giving up something. It, it always seemed to me, and the two of you would be great examples, it, I, was a, I, I didn't have a brother, but I have brothers mm -hmm. and you guys serve those kind of roles and I could add several other guys and some of those guys I haven't seen in two and a half decades but for me it was never something I gave up it was something I received I, I got brothers out of it well I, I, I you know I've got four other brothers I got a sister I got I got siblings I'm the oldest and the best thing about coming into a relationship with Christ and when, when I get led to Christ uh, through the work you're doing in Heron and met your dad and got engaged there was that I got an elder brother I've never had an older brother. 
And mm-hmm. I've had that the whole entire time. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And Roger's been a part of that. I mean, I met Roger very early on in the process. And, and Roger and I with Coaches of Nations. And, and that's an exciting ministry. You've been with FCA for, what, 27 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now in a new generation of ministry, you have put the gospel in the hand of so many people as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just amazing the kind of people I've gotten a chance to grow up around. And normally I had brothers under me, but to have brothers above me and, and to be with me. And, and we've been working in ministry all these years together. And, and everybody's a phone call away. And I do appreciate you guys coming in and and being here today and, and giving up a little bit of time here. I, I was thinking yesterday on Father's Day at Community Faith, I, I was, you know, I, I, I thank the, the Lord for my father, my, my dad. My, my dad is a little weak on that part. But I mean, the one thing I could give thanks yesterday for were many, many men that put in my life. But the biggest thing I did yesterday was give thanks for my spiritual father and Fred. Mm-hmm. Nobody has meant more to me and shape my life more than your dad has. And to have you as a brother has made it so rich for me to have that experience. And that's just been a powerful thing, especially for me. And then what's funny is last night we went out to eat last night with my kids, and we were at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, and and you realize that you kind of, you, you you pick up things and you and you're saying the generosity of sharing and I didn't even think about this and Josh Josh was praying for us last night and he said you know and and, and he was praying he was we was talking about all the people that had written us starting 12 hours before the day started all the ties started saying happy father's day to me wow, the Thai pastors wow. hundreds of people mm-hmm. then all the librarians started in six hours before that and they put josh in the loop so josh was getting alerts and we all through the hours of <laughs> all of the spiritual children across africa and liberia yeah. that were chiming in and tell me happy father's day and calling all day he said before we even started church i'd already had hundreds of hundreds of yeah, messages and stuff awesome. and he was just giving thanks to that and i was thinking about the fact that josh was really thankful for that so I, I you know it's amazing the grandchildren that you guys and, and the, the the nieces and nephews that you guys have are just amazing you know what's so weird is i still think of myself as a as not an old dude <laughs> you know i do i, I still I, I remember i was at this meeting a decade ago and, and it was kind of like throw out the bums throw out the bums throw out the bums and i kind of got you know Let, let's throw the bums out and then it occurred to me i'm, I'm the bum <laughs> and and you know you you get older and it sneaks up on you, but I, I think what reminds you of the good part of that is there is an exponential nature to being in a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at what dad has accomplished in his life, it is X, but if you look at the lives that he's poured into, now all of a sudden we start getting kingdom compound interest. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's an apostle uh, like you are, Troy, who's, who's literally made some worldwide mm-hmm. impact in ways that uh, would just be unimaginable to regular people. When I look at the impact Raj has had on sport, and, and you think of all the dozens dozens of ministries that have popped up. I think that gets to what you're talking about. There is an exponential nature. It's sort of like this this huge calm lake and dropping a meteor in the middle of it. The meteor is Fred Bishop, the, the wake that has gone in every direction. That's been our inheritance. Oh, wow. That's a good way to look at that. All right, Roger, I want to challenge you. Roger, how about this picture here up here? We've got, we got you sitting next to Fred, yeah, keep, keeping things in order up there, probably doing the introduction or laying out some groundworks there. <clears throat> yep. I mean, you're, you've been a, I mean, 
I mean, Fred's been a spiritual mentor and a coach to you. I know that. For sure. And, but you've uniquely been in position for a lot of years. I've gotten to help Fred on, out in the field as a field secretary, but nobody's probably been the armor bearer to Fred no. more than you have. <laughs> What's it been like serving as an armor bearer and, and, and walking next to him? At the same time, <laughs> your ministry has just that, you know, we all go and, and do stuff, but in the meantime, your ministry is huge. Yeah, I mean, you're traveling around the world. You got multiple books. You got things going on, but yet you've never missed a day of coming to the battle line with Fred with the shield drawn and ready to go. Well, that's the thing. Uh, I remember having a sense of calling when I was 16, but I'm a kid in Southern Baptist Church in Carbondale. Good grief! That either meant you were a pastor, and I looked at that and I said, "No, thank you. I would be a horrible pastor," or it meant you could be a missionary to some place you can't pronounce. And I'm like, neither one of those seemed all that appealing to me because they don't play baseball there. And no, forget it. That doesn't make any sense. And so I stumbled along, not having any idea of how to pursue my uh, faith in Christ or how to develop this or to pursue a calling. No clue until I began uh, volunteering with No Greater Love in the early 80s. And again, cluelessly stumbling along in the thing. And then all of a sudden, but there was something there to grab onto that had life. It was something that had purpose and direction and passion that was similar to my life in sport. And I'm going, okay, this is as passionate as that is this foot. Okay, let's try this. You can go knock people down. This is awesome. Let's do that. But old wrestler mentality, I love to grab something and uh, struggle with it. Let's go. And so saw that happening, and then all of a sudden Shane and I talked, and you know suddenly I'm helping do some things with with Fred, and you know I'm thinking, okay, I'll do anything I can to help. So suddenly that turned into part time kind of contract labor sorts of things, and then suddenly you know the the ministry inherited some money, and they thought, where do we invest this? And they said, well, let's invest it in Roger, and I thought. Okay, deal. My wife thought that was a great idea because it had the word salary attached to it as opposed to the word commission. And coming from, she, she wanted security, and this was a little bit of salary versus a potential, okay, let's do it. And it was the launch of, for me, the, the, the real education and development process that I needed to give me a, a chance to succeed and work on my own. What, just working beside Fred these years, what, what is the, give me a number one or number two feature that you see that stands out that you think really drives at the heart of, of, of what, what's led and driven No Greater Love to be where it is today and what it's done to other people's lives. I think a couple of things. It's it, At the bottom line, it's about commitment. Uh, yes, I'm committed to the Lord, but I'm also committed to these people and will pay whatever it costs to see them succeed. Um, that's a big deal. And then the second one is it's intensely relational, not... Um, haphazardly relation, no, very intensely, purposefully, relationally driven, uh, more than programmatic. No, it's not about programs. It's not about this stuff. It's about the people. So let's find ways to help them fulfill the purposes God made them. Let's figure out what that is and drive hard after it. Um, that's what I've watched Fred do for all those years, and that's what I try to do now. Well, let me let me turn to this one. I'll throw this up on the screen for you real quick here. Uh, years ago, this is actually in let's see, circa. I put it in my notes here someplace. I can't I can't see like it. Ninety one. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's I think it's older than that. I I was gonna say. Uh, 1993, copyright 1983. So we got a few more years. We put you put out this book that you wrote. You you two guys, Shane and Roger, you guys did through your dad, as told told by you guys to him. You put out the road to Ground Zero, and for me, let me just say this to you: I, the significance to me is incredible because 
I was already on the ride with you guys. I, I saw this happening, but I didn't know everything about your your dad and 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 what got him to be able to mm-hmm. do this. And you know, I was researching this a few few years ago. I was doing a, a, a series, and I was trying to get at the heart of this kind of stuff. And I went back and read all this stuff from Sammy. Yeah, I went and read Sammy's stuff about your dad. It's out there. Yeah, there's yeah. serious stuff out there. Yeah. I don't know if you did that in preparation. I went and read to his books and his virtues and what they look at, and it's quite compelling what happened. And what you guys talk about is exactly in sync with that, and it's just incredible. But I mean, I read that, and it really helped me think about, you know, how do you find your starting point? And when I felt like I found mine, and, and, and for me, that was when the Lord called me, and I kind of separated, and I kind of went off in the seminary. But that wasn't even really it. Really, where I found mine was is when I got a chance to launch out and start planting churches. That's what hmm. really God called me to do. And when I, when I left seminary and got a chance to get out there and start Highland Hope, uh, that was a starting point, kind of. Mm-hmm. And I got the chance to do some of that stuff. But what was the greatest moment was when we were in La Entrada. And you said, you and I said, I'm ready to get out, out of the boat. And, and you said, well... Lontrada is a good place. I don't do any good here, so that, that can be yours. <laughs> and then Lontrada led to Lontrada was very successful. We did that with uh, with the with La Coseche, and we and it went very well. But the moment we got back from that trip with Beth and I and the kids, thirty thousand dollars a whole month there, successful crusade, church started. That's when uh, Reverend Pay Cooper Mundelo stood up in the service. We were giving the report at our church in Pawnee. He stood up and said, "Would you come to Liberia and do the same thing?" Whoa. And it's that door that opened wow. that that led us to 120 churches in Liberia that we planted, wow. and, and then on down to Thailand with 26 pastors. Even with the drought there of, of COVID hitting and they're shut down, the pastors are now on Zoom. Many of the pastors had to go back to their from the prostitute areas that they're ministering in. Many of them had to go back to the farms. They came to the city to make money, wow. uh, you know, working in the larger city. But many of them had to go back to the farms to survive. And what's happened is they're now preaching the gospel in the farms, Beautiful. which means that people won't come back into that lifestyle because wow. we're ahead of it. So COVID's actually been a blessing for us, and the technology has allowed the world to get small real quick. Mm, so we're all together. So the road to Ground Zero, the, for me, the significance is I bought a case of these when you first put it out. I still huh. probably have about 20 left in the case, and every single person that's walked in my office and said, I feel called to ministry, any kind of level. I give them one of your books, and I say, read this, and don't come back till you've read it. <laughs> and then when they come back, my first thing I do is I talk to, I ask them, what is your favorite thing to do? And they go, well, I like, I like, I like to farm, or I've always wanted to do this. What is something you could do if you had money wasn't the limit you'd go do? And they say, well, I've always wanted to open this kind of business. And I always tell them, you go open that business because you're not ready to do this yet. Because this has to be the sole desire of your heart. And if they come back and say, I don't care about any of that, I just want to get in ministry, I say, well, let's get started. So this book's been significant. So I want to ask you guys, where did the idea of the book begin? And how did you put it together and why? Where, where did it begin? I don't even remember. Was it your dad that taught about this? Or did, were you thinking about this first? As I'm, I'm thinking, didn't, didn't somebody leave some money or something yes. to the ministry? And dad had kind of what what we'd call a ping to to write a book to to tell a story because three behind the curtain had been out Mm -hmm, uh jerry jenkins did that with sam tippett but dad really hadn't got to tell his story from his point of view and and let me let me say this when when you read understand who who's jerry jenkins as an author yeah somebody what's he known for most famously all those left behind the left behind series when i read that i thought he's writing about my spiritual father, yeah. this is the left behind guy. 
I'm thinking, yeah. gee whiz. I mean, you guys took on Jerry Jenkins. I love that. Yeah, way, way good. It's, it's amazing how, yeah. how such things happen. Yeah. What was interesting to me is uh, when Freedom Bible Fellowship shut down yep. and they gave us the building, Troy took me over and said to this counselor, this financial guy and said, oh, you, you do this, you can make this much money. I went back home and the Lord spoke to Mark. The only thing I ever gave you to do was put the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Hmm. And so Roger came out of it. The book came out of We it. liquidated it and did well. <laughs> and you invested in the right direction. I'm and, sure glad you heard from the Lord on that one. No doubt. Me too. What, what's great was uh, how, how he decided to do the book. He literally got a cassette player. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, and just told everything on his mind. I mean, dozens of cassettes. And what you really ended up with was maybe a hundred thousand word run on sentence. <laughs> it was sort of like if the book of Romans uh, oh was, was a huge novel. And so we got that and let's turn that into a book. And we thought, oh my. Well, and then I believe I had a cousin who was yeah. a teacher at DuCoin. Right, Dad? Yeah, that's right. And she, she had people transcribe it. Mm -hmm. And then Dad kind of flipped it to Roger and I, who back with the old Apple Works. Exactly. Yeah. Back with the old Apple. Apple, Apple e. yeah, yeah. We started past. I was in seminary in Atlanta. Raj was here. And we just began shaping the manuscript, passing it back and forth. And that's sort of how this thing took form. So Dad began... And then we sort of shaped it, yeah. and we would show it to him. He would say, yeah or no, and, and we went that way. And it was remarkable to me because <clears throat> some of the stuff that, um, like when you're around Fred a whole lot, there are going to be these big ideas that are going to be popping up. They're going to come in the shape of stories, correct? but there's going to be a, a, story, a big idea come out of that thing. And I remember the conversation we had where we said, you know what, there's one thing to do where you can either start the chapter with, here's the big idea, and then tell stories to illustrate it. Or we did it the other way around. We said, let's tell the stories and let the big ideas emerge from the stories. Beautiful. And that's how we wound up summarizing the, the big idea came out of that story. And so, boom, there it comes. And uh, but I remember it was like a bit of a breakthrough. And I thought, how do we give this some shape to where it's actually going somewhere? And that was part of what did it, I think. And I think it would be fair to say the book is Holy Spirit inspired because me and Roger had no idea what we were doing. Not a clue. And we accidentally helped form a pretty good book. I, I read the thing a while back. It's, it's it holds a good up well. Book. It doesn't date itself. No. Remarkable. I mean, through the power of God, Roger Light and Shane Bishop accidentally put together something great. But at the end of the day, it was Dad's story. Yeah. It was from his yeah. point of view. And it was all about how a regular person can get started in a life of significance and mm -hmm. find that ground zero. And we thought that was really compelling. Oh, man. It's, I, I, every person I've made read it to, to go into ministry and to come back and have that discussion, are you sure you're ready to, to chop up your oxen and your plow? And are you ready to sacrifice that on the altar? And if they're not ready, I send them out. That's good. I will not invest in somebody that's not willing to say, this is all I can do because ministry is tough. I remember my pastor when I was 16, because I had talked with him about having this sense of calling. He said, look, if you can do anything else in the world, do that. But if, if you're still compelled, then pursue this. But he said, if you can do anything else, do it. But if, if the Lord's on it that strongly, yeah, I've had you a won't couple, be able to stop. I've had a couple people I've run off 
and when they didn't give me the answer. And then about a year later, they've come back and said, I tried that. It didn't do it for me. I've got to do this. Well, the, I think you're That's ready good. to get started. That's good. So I, I do think it's compelling. It would be interesting. I'll save this for maybe the round table later, but it would be interesting to see the road since ground zero come out as a sequel yeah, to this, mercy. you know, Jenkins did sequels. He did a lot of them, but it would be interesting <laughs> to see what that looks like now because he hit that ground zero and out of that ground zero, I could take you. I mean, I believe God by the grace of God will be up in the Northern part of Thailand with full churches in the next two years. Wow. We'd already be there. I think if it weren't for, for COVID, but I do think what's better is we've got our own people up there already doing the work. So Good. as soon as we can go Good. in, there's a crusade. We'll do it. <laughs> It'd be beautiful. And we're just miles away from the Cambodia border. So we'll get over into Cambodia next. Oh and so it would be interesting to see where that road is taken and, and how many have gone and what's happened as a result of that. Well, Roger becomes a, a, another ground zero story because who right. would have thought Roger Leip would end up publishing, and I've been counting, he's published 932 books. <laughs> it's a lot of good. <laughs> who would have possibly thought that Roger Leip would end up being such a prolific author? But that was sort of what started that. So no you, you talk about how that ground zero hits, but from Troy's apostolic ministry mm-hmm. to to Roger's uh, books that he has produced, it, it goes so many directions, but it all begins with one story. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. Just like the rock that hits the water and, and ripples mm-hmm. out. Yep. I was telling a story yesterday that if your life really has good trajectory, you can drop the rock, but you can also skip that rock. <laughs> and when your life skips through and touches lots of people's, you end up with different impacts in different spots. Mm-hmm. And your life has not just been a rock that hits. Yours, your life has skipped through and touched many relationships, Fred. And those relationships are just streaming out. And it's really just almost like a, it's a good, con- John Wesley used the word that, that the Holy Spirit can be a contagion. Mm-hmm. We talk about COVID being a nasty disease and being infectious, sin's infectious, but the Holy Ghost can be contagious Amen. and it can cause an infection. And you have certainly been an infectious disease for the Lord over these years. Uh, let me let me ask this question. Where have you seen, guys, just anybody jump in here, where have you seen the road to ground zero really make that difference in ministry trajectories of people you've worked with? Maybe you've interacted with them or, or they've had the experience here, they found their own. What, what are some of those examples? It's funny talking with Mark Jordan, uh, watching him come out of that church in Louisville and what the things that have happened with him. And I remember when he was an engineer, he's a brilliant mechanical engineer, and talking with him when he was making road pavers. But you knew that wasn't what was in his heart. Road pavers are not in his heart. Mm-hmm. And I would talk with him about, because I was still in the marketplace doing these things, and we'd talk about ministry in the marketplace, and he'd say, yeah, but there was an itch in him to do something more. And to watch that happen with him and see him excel as he has that's exciting to see that happen with a guy like Mark. Others, other thoughts? Mine's been with Sarge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sarge, when and he now, came with us, he set up a little quiet time like I did, prayed yeah. in the cemetery like I did, got him a little bus, all that. And then one day we met with him and said, Sarge, nobody calls me Sarge. Mm-mm. You've done well, you follow me well, and I thank you, but now you need to be you. And look, today in Vietnam, Beautiful. Remarkable. It's a more, absolutely remarkable what he's done yes, and Sue have done. Gorgeous. Just, just amazing. Let me ask you, what happens if we don't find, you know, we're on the dock is about getting here, getting with some guys, getting challenged to get out and push out and find what God really wants to have you. What happens when we're, we're, we're born again, we, we know God and Christ, and we just really sit on the dock and we don't ever actually cut rope? and go out through the pass, get out into the deep. What happens if we don't find our ground zero? What, what, what do you think what, what do you think's lost in there? What do you think's not gained? I'd be an absolute knucklehead 
I mean, I would, <laughs> worse than I am now. I would just be purposeless and probably doing some Joe job where I didn't care about what I was doing, didn't care about the people, but, you know, I'd probably be some fool wearing sports jerseys. And, and, <laughs> and I'm like, come on. Uh, no doubt. I, it would just be passionless. Yeah. You know, for me, it's kind of strange. Uh, but I would have just been more happy just to be a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been. I'd just be more than happy just to be a regular guy. And uh, when I got out of college, I wanted to teach history. I wanted to coach baseball. I wanted to be a coach. I, I didn't have any great aspirations for my life. Other than I wanted to serve God and and all of that, and you know, but I I didn't have I, I didn't want the life I've lived. I felt called to it, and it gets back to what you're saying, Troy. Uh, it was something you have to struggle with. But one of the things I got out of the road to Ground Zero, and one of the messages, so many people over the years have come up to me and they said, "We want to get into ministry like your dad." I said, "Well, do you realize <laughs> what my dad has done? Do you realize my dad has a bachelor's degree? Do you realize he has a seminary degree? Do you realize that he has to 100% raise his own financial support? Do you realize all these things?" And for me, a lot of the road to Ground Zero was just helping people see what it takes to actually live what I'm going to call an extraordinary life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I, I didn't sign up for an extraordinary life. I felt called to one. But Dad has, I think, done people a great service because so many people have started off with these great ideas about ministry. And I've always thought, you know, when I look at my pastoral ministry, people say, man, you must have had huge dreams. I'm sitting there thinking, I know a million people with bigger dreams than me. <laughs> I've just been able to accomplish the dreams I had. Yeah. But a lot of people have these massive dreams. They're unwilling to pay the price right. for that. And for me, a lot of, road, of the road to ground zero was saying, folks, if you feel God's called you to big things, you just need to understand you don't start at the end. Mm-hmm. You start at the beginning. Yeah, it's like Elisha's call from Elijah, and he says, hey, I would like a double portion. You know what Elijah said? You have You've a, asked a very hard thing. I, love it. <laughs> yeah. I read that. That was today. Yeah, it's, it's, it's daily walk tough, today. son. Not saying you can't have it. I'm saying you've asked a very hard thing. Hard you thing. need to think about this. Well, well let me say this. I, while your dad is inspired that, I, my faith came to pass because of your investment in me, Shane. Good. And, and, and that may come through your dad and his influence in that, but I left the dock because you invited me to leave the dock. I met your dad in the process of leaving that, and, and, and that, that, that's changed my life forever. And there are people on the northern edge of Karat right now hmm. hearing the gospel from pastors that have been trained through what I learned through you and through your dad. And at some point in time, listen, when I went to Thailand, there's almost no Christian presence there. And we've got churches in, in the in the worst city, Pattaya, in the world, coming along and doing great things for God. And we've got pastors being trained there. And it's a place where the disciples didn't get to. Mm. They did not get That's to good. Thailand. But the gospel's gotten there because of putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Beautiful. And it's gotten there today, really, because of you, you know you doing the thing you didn't necessarily want to do, but you felt called to do. And you felt yeah. called to do, Roger, and what you called we got called to do. Let me do this. We're going to wrap up this discussion, but we're going to come back and go much deeper in part three. In part three, on my mentor series, guys, we're going to come back and talk about key principles of Christian leadership. Because NGL is a leadership training ministry. That's we're right. going to get into the heart of what we really do with that. And let me, let me say this to you. Uh, no Greater Love Ministries is all 
about putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Uh, Fred's pre president and founder of NGL. Today, NGL's networking out into many other branches and stuff. You can learn more about that. Uh, you can email Fred. He may or may not answer. NGL1Fred at <laughs> gmail.com. Uh, and you can check out nogreaterlove.org, and they can help you get connected to one of their organizations doing work around the world today. And you can find out more about On the Dock at www.onthedock.org. You can email us at info at onthedock.org and get information about what we're doing and how you can be a part. And you can watch us always at YouTube. That's one of our main platform sites. I, iTunes and Spotify are also our main platforms. Please check those out. You can also go to Google Podcasts, Facebook, and watch us, Roku, Rumble, and Sermonette, and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from your chat on Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, or Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. And if you'll go to those sites, whichever site you want, go to all of them, hit subscribe, like, share, comment, notify, and, and share it with your friends. We want to get it out there. We want to be a good contagion. We want you to hear the message of what we're putting out. We want to help people get off the dock and out into the deep. And you can go to Patreon and become a partner of On the Dock right now. And I want to give you another good option. Go to Patreon, find out how to support us and partner with us. And you can find that by going to my Patreon or go to uh, onthedock.org and you can hit the link to get there. Finally, we always want to tell you that if you don't have a church home locally and you live in the Marion area, we'd love to have you at our host church. The host church for this show is Community Faith Church in Marion. We have Sunday church at 10 a.m. Wednesdays at 6.30. We would love to have you. We have a virtual campus as well. Guys, we have people on Sunday. I was looking at our virtual campus. They're watching us from Thailand, from 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 Africa. They're watching us all over. We have one of our guys, our, our Hope Scholars from Liberia. He's been stuck in China for the last three years, uh, Orthel, and he watches us every every Beautiful. Sunday in China right now. Beautiful. And and because Shane's at the table, we're not selfish here at all. We want to tell you, if you're in the metro region, if you're in the St. Louis metro area, Christ Church is a wonderful option for you. They are a church that's one church. They've got, what, one, two, three, what was it, Shane, four campuses now? Yeah, four campuses. You can check those out on the screen there. Go to go to mychristchurch.com. Find that out where they're meeting. They got campuses at Fairview Heights in Collinsville, Maryville. Scott Campus at is it Scott Air Force Base, Shane. Outside. Outside of Scott Air Force Base and Millstat. Check those out. They've got some great churches there. Check that out if you're in the region. We want you to get in a church someplace in your area that's preaching the gospel. And I can promise you, at Christ Church, you'll get the gospel coming. And finally, we look forward to having you guys. Guys, thank you for being on the show today. I deeply appreciate it. We're going to be back in our next podcast. Thank you, guys did a great job. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And we'll be back at On the Dock with podcast number three in this series. Hey, take care. We'll see you again. <laughs>